0: Hello and welcome to another podcast with your hostess, Tempest Del Fuego. This is the Sanctioned Citizen podcast. Sanctions are tough. And tough like the supply chain crisis. That's tough. Feels like a sanction. Probably is. It's going to be low-grade gaslighting until people admit that in order to, you know, non-directly or indirectly switch our preferences to something that they would prefer, like a green technology that's not really on the market, Uh, they are going to go to cut off the oil. Now, it's not the smartest thing that they could be doing, you know, kind of corroborating with uh, supply chain depression, That seems to be led by... Communist actors? Should I just say socialists? Should I just say democratic socialists? Living in LA. Who don't like it when people buy stuff. And, um... Now there was a point when... The the Please Stop Shopping movement... Made more sense... As an anti-war objective. And I can see where... Coalitioning with anti-war objectives may have been a little bit communist in the rear view. But I didn't understand that communists want the government to own everything. So what they do is when they don't like your system, and let's say you're, you're a capitalist system with a functioning democracy, well, they, they like to choke up on things in a random way. Like they they try to kick people out of their banks. Like they, they're trying to kick all the oilers out of the banks right now. And <clears throat> I don't think that that is something they can really do uh, with shareholder consent, but th- they're doing it on the basis of, of uh, racial castigation, like, uh, Euler are bad because are racist. So we're beginning to see this, this kind of convergence or merge of, if, you, if we decide as a communist, you know, intelligentsia, that you are racist, we shall take away your human rights. And that's a bad, that's bad metal because <clears throat> we know what communists end up doing in the long run. Communists end up taking everybody's rights. They take their guns, they take their money, they take their stuff, and then they, they say it's ours to give to anybody that we like. and That's, that's not really fair, and it's not, it's not a good system because it's always failed. You know, you've got people starving in Venezuela. You know, I heard a report that they were eating zoo animals because they couldn't feed themselves due to inflation. Uh, and then there's there's China. You know, everybody's uh, I guess you know Beijing role model for for communism, communism today, modern communism, and they uh, they they're denying the Uyghur genocide they're denying the fact that Tibet is an, is was non-consensually annexed when in fact that they were invaded. They deny that uh, that anyone was killed in Kinmen Square. But don't believe your lying eyes on tape from 1987. Um, uh, what else? You know, they 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 have disappeared many including one of my favorite... Artist Ai Weiwei, and then there is Eric Cantor's shoe designer, um, and I, I'm not sure I'm saying his uh, his name properly, so I won't butcher it on this program. But it's I think it's Bidekau, and uh, he's a Singaporean national, and, but he is, he's taken some swift digs at at this this communist leadership uh, on shoes. You know, people used to say, did you get the new Jordans? And I'm like, did you get the new Cantors? Because it's anti-organ swapping on Falun Gong. It's anti-Uyghur genocide, anti-Tibet annexing. It is anti-slavery, which communist and DSA people, which I'm going to say again, are pro-slavery. I'm gonna say it again. They take everything, including your labor, and they obligate you to do things against your will because the state owns your body, it owns your stuff, it owns your children, it owns you. So they're like, you'll work where we want you to work and you'll do it at the rate of pay that we decide because we're the communist government. And that's why a lot of people uh, who are pro-communist are really anti-worker rights. They say they're for worker rights, but they're not. You know, they, they want the government to own everything so that they can call the shots and distribute the labor according to their preferences. And so, you know, when you're in a disfavored class, as the weakers and maybe the Falun Gong and other religious uh, dissidents are, well, they're handpicked for slave labor in labor camps. And those slave labor often in, in, include children. They include children because Ai Weiwei was a child in one of those struggle session camps back in the day during the Mao, Mao Revolution, which sucked! Um, it, it has been since disbanded, and people in China cast dispersions on it. It's like, oh, oh, that's so far behind us. But Uyghurs... But everything else that you guys are doing right now with Foxconn and the rest of it, it's right on the verge. It's like, yeah. And I keep thinking, you know, these, these leftists who, you know, they're, they're stuck on the coast. A lot of them are elected officials. Um, they're making bad decisions uh, with our money. Like, passing a millions and trillions of dollars long budget bill, and then passing another one right behind it in clear succession. Like, oh, we got to do it all right now. Okay, we had a COVID bill, and then we had another type of infrastructure and COVID bill, and then we're going to do this build back better bill. So there was Trump's really high-priced, You know, tag, everybody was belly aching, but they're like, eh, we got to do it. Uh, I, you know, I definitely had personal objections to the amount of spending I was in that bill because we're going to have to pay for it, but it's already passed. Okay, and and it didn't all get spent. And then they passed another one. And they haven't spent any of the money, maybe, in, in this bill yet, but they're going to. And <clears throat> and then they're gonna pass another one, so that's like in the in the course. It's it's like kind of between three and nine trillion, you know, in an accordion expense account file based on futures. And then we have this big pile of deficit debt, and nobody wants to look at the money. I'm not saying nobody, because I am certainly not nobody. I have eyeballs in my head and a thinking brain, but, you know, I think that what's going forward is that we are dealing with communism in perpetuity until we get done dealing with it. So I'm going to take a breath and tell you that I watched a terrible interview on Axios with a guy who's in charge of, you know, kind of administrating the supply chain, uh, on the ground, and that was that was as slippery as watching Jeffrey Hakim try to answer any questions about his leadership in Congress. The guy didn't have one answer. Answer. Not one. Not a single answer. Answer. Like, you know, I think it's COVID that caused these things. Well, that's a big that's a big nut. And of course, the interviewer could have done a better job and said, well, let's unpack that a little bit. You know, here's what I really wanted to know. If I could, you know, channel my questions into the Axios interviewer, I would say, mm, is that because there's a, there's a labor strike because of the vaccination mandates? Is it possible that that's due to a labor strike? Due to the vaccination mandates from truckers? and other people who have to work at these ports in LA and is it every port in LA is there anyone else in the supply chain who's an administrator who may be obstructing this you know is there anyone who wants to redirect these ships who've been sitting out there for months by the way you know th- these are people who have workers on those ships um, and-, and yeah they're getting paid but it's a little bit like being in prison. I think that there, you know, at some point, a, a logic has to kick in. And you have to say, well, you know, the, the goods should be moving out. Let's just move the ships. But no, no, there, there is a corporate obstructionist in the supply chain in the port of L.A. who's disallowing these ships to leave. And if there was a government solution, you know, it would, it would possibly be to call the administrators of the contracts of these ships and get them in a room and kind of bark at them a little bit and say, Listen, guy, uh, this has become completely impractical, and I'll bet you money if, if there were any, just one good lawyer in a bunch of them. Just one that would say, listen, you have violated the contract and done a disservice to the intention of the original delivery, okay? Nobody is taking any kind of responsibility, and that is why they are sitting out there in the ocean. I'm sure of it, because that's what it looks like when people are avoiding, they're avoiding responsibility and problems, okay? So it's, it's a kind of like this toxic combo, I- I'm guessing, But that's certainly what it looks like to me. It's a toxic combination of people not taking responsibility and letting things lie as they are uh, and not lawyering and not administrating and listening to communists kind of, you know, backbite. And tell them what to do, not to do. What to do, not to do. Because they're throwing their weight arounds at the ports. So I suggest maybe there be a coalition of ad hoc pirates who get together, yarr, and go to the ports and make a noise. Because Christmas is going to go away. All those sales are going to go away. All the Black Friday is going away. Come on, kids. You're better than this. Do something. Do something for yourself. I know you can. Pete Buttigieg doesn't have a clue. He was a mayor of a small town in a Midwestern town. I don't think he's got it to do it. But if you tell him what to do, he'll do it. So I'm going to move on. I just want to say that there's a lot of kind of real heat and light coming down onto the criminal justice system right now. And it is f- very needed. Uh, the criminal justice has system has some real flaws. And they are fixable. They are They are worth approaching as a problem by our society. Because the way we treat our prisoners is an earmark of how civilized we are as a nation. Um, you know, the people who are in the prisons, you know, become a forgotten population. And it always happens that way. It shouldn't, but it does. They're locked away deliberately from the rest of us so that we can go about our business as law-abiding unconcerned. Unfortunately, there's an entire society of human beings who do deserve immediate attention as human beings in those environments. So if we are a civilized society, we need to make sure that they have the basic things that that human rights go for. You know, if they are serving their sentences, make sure that there's a beginning, a middle, and an end to those sentences. Uh, You know, less ambiguity about their living conditions, you know, routine accountability for things like their living conditions. Um you know, more humane ways to deal with the evolving mental health issues that come with being imprisoned because I think the experience of prison would make anyone a little nuts. You're not allowed to do things that normal people do for years and years and years. And if you don't think that that doesn't transform a person's conscience or consciousness, uh, I, I think you're wrong. I mean, there are scientists who have made many studies about what happens to the prisoner and the minds of the people who are their custodians. And it's wretched. You know, it's a a spiritually inverted experience. You know, we're the only species, uh, and I marvel at this, we're the only species, one of the only species that traps its food from birth to death. We're one of the only species in the world that will kidnap and trap essentially hold against their will their mates and other members of their species. I mean, the chimps will just kill you if you're out of line. I think it's a little brutal, it's very final solution, but that's life in the wild. If we are supposed to be higher than the chimps, I think that there should be definite you know, improvement in administration, but that doesn't mean letting really bad people, and they're in there, they're in there, they're where they deserve to be. Bad people are in prison. Uh, just let them out like they didn't do anything and to inflict themselves upon our society and to remind the world this is what criminals do. Um, again, it's it's another an extremist, proposal from the DSA communist left progressives, I'm sorry you guys got in bed with them it's pulled you to the wrong side of this moderate spectrum. I didn't do that. You did that. It used to be progressives were people that I admired, I wanted to have debates with I wanted to eat with and do dinner with And you can't do that now because they've been pulled to the extreme left and they deal the two minutes of hate every day. Uh, Last week it was, if you don't take this vaccine, you are to be labeled a pariah. You are the worst person ever. And that makes Pfizer extremely rich when the government can guarantee their supply line for their medication in the form of a vaccine. It makes them very rich, okay? And communists are okay picking winners and losers in the economic system. I just want you to know that. You know, just like Nike is okay with child slave labor going into their shoes, they're okay. They're okay. You know, I'll give you another example. Uh, Maybe it didn't make it flush into the news everywhere, but in Oregon, there was a marijuana grow farm. It was not necessarily the most legal grow farm because they had human-trafficked people, also known as slaves, held against their will to perform farm labor In horrendous imprisoned conditions. At this Oregon grow farm. For marijuana. For marijuana. And. Marijuana is legal in Oregon. There's no reason why this should have happened. But I know that it makes sense to me why it happened. Because there are a lot of communists. And anarcho-communists. And DSA leftists who run things. And work in that emerald area, and like I said before, communists are 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 okay. They're okay with slavery, man. So get it right. You know, if if you let them run things, things will resemble more of a you know free range prison. Rather than a prison for, you know, people who went against the law and everybody else. So, <clears throat> anybody can be come in prison for anything because the state, like, woke up grouchy that morning. So that's how it goes in totalitarian dictatorships run by communist dictators. I'm just going to move on from that. <laughs> in, in the criminal justice Area, arena, these proposals that are going out sound like okay, let's just let all the chickens free. You know, rapist, child rapist, human traffickers, low level drug dealers, high level drug dealers, anyone violent, anyone. It's kind of Bolshevik, but from an administrative standpoint, you know, I'm just administrative. Like, it's a jailbreak. You know, it's Trotsky doing a jailbreak, but on paper. So that's what it is. And that's why it doesn't make sense to anybody at Axios. And I did watch your HBO special there. Um, I, it doesn't make any sense because that's what it is. Nobody here in America America's really briefed on what went on or what it's about, but if you read a little bit, you'll find that Trotsky, you know, was in the prison system in Russia, then he got out, then he came to America, recouped his, his stuff, and then went back, organized, went into the prisons and said, everybody, hey, 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 you will get out. If you decide to go with communism. And everybody was like, yeah, Russian Russian life in prison is really hell. So yes, okay. We will be your by-force revolutionaries. And of course, they, they let all the criminals go. And then they toppled in a violent mob, you know, takeover. It was a complete coup. They killed the czars. And then, wah, 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 USSR... And that was a bad time because it was bad mostly for Russians because what? Russians died. Millions and millions and millions of Russians died under Stalin and Lenin because they looked the wrong way at Stalin and Lenin. Stalin especially. He killed people really close to him because he got paranoid. And so bad combo... Weed smoking communists in Oregon making slaves. You've seen it first. So that's just like a little cross section of what the Americans are gonna get if they just lay down and go back to sleep. Oh, I don't I don't need to think about that. So, um <clears throat> so I'm just saying that you know, I clap for Seattle, refund police, go back. Go back to the moderate middle. If you want to improve the experience of the human condition in prisons, you can do that. Just like you can write a bill for funding. You can get someone to, to and call it infrastructure. You can go into the prisons as in- infrastructure and say, listen, we're going to make sure you have running water. Make sure that the food is, is not poisoned and make sure that, that people's sentences are meticulously administrated. Um, but there should be definite, uh, pre-trial hearing reform. Pre-trial is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. There are people just sitting in jail, rotting, that are there on nonviolent crimes, some misdemeanors, that don't really need to be there. Bail reform is an issue, uh, but you don't let everyone out and have no sieve, no qualifier, and no, you know, the, someone just needs to get in there and, and get some some tools and metrics, knobs, and switches installed better. Because if you don't attack this problem, it's looking like the all or nothing, you know, borderline personality at the helm. Okay, And we can't do that. That's not how you run a judicious system. An even-handed, fair system. Or a system that's supposed to be more fair than it is right now. That's how you fix it. You become more fair, not less fair. You don't remove all the protections and start all over again, like juveniles always think. They're like, oh, well, if we just break it and reform it again. Like, no, no, you can't do that. That's an immature way of looking at things and you've got to to go to the go to the, the board there and look at the electronics. Get someone to unscrew it, flip it over, find out where what's broken, what's rotted, and then just just get in there and retool it. Just fix it. Just fix it. And there are ways. There are things to do. You know, if it's a rules administration thing, then it, then work on the rules. If it's finance, you know, work together with the community to do fundraisers. Invite people in who are, you know, corporate donors to help improve the community system. You know, maybe, maybe nonprofits are your answer to help co-administrate, you know. Nonprofit media would be helpful to keep a torch under the butts of people who think that, well, these are just lost critters. These are people no one cares about. We'll just do whatever we want with them. No, no. Keep those people around. Keep that nonprofit media around. Because bail reform is necessary, but it is not the kind of bail reform you want where criminals get out and there are no conditions on their return whatsoever. And and there needs to be balance. That's why the scales represent the justice system and not a seesaw. Boom, boom. Okay, scales, not a seesaw. Not all or nothing. Okay? And, you know, furthermore, I think that if, let's say that there is a significant amount of people who are mentally ill in the system. How many of those people are borderline personality? How many of those people have, you know, chronic PTSD? How many of those people have other personality disordered behaviors who are legitimate like, you know, brain-identified, fMRI-provable sociopaths. What do you do with those people? You know, do you, do you let them atrophy in jail, or do you try to find a treatment? Who's responsible for the treatment? Are there treatments? You know? Do you use prison people as lab rats? No, you don't. But that's a problem, too, in some states. So we can go on and on and on about the, the the horrors embedded in the U.S. justice system. But, you know, we peeled back a tiny layer. You know, some of it we got to see with the written house, And some of it we're getting to see in other places. Like, uh, there's a girl also in Kenosha. Crystal Kaiser. Young, young black child. She was, she was taken hostage by a sex trafficker. And she was prostituted by this man and she shot him and was convicted of shooting him in self-defense, but it wasn't billed as a self-defense trial. Her case is up for appeal right now. And, you know, now that Kyle Rittenhouse has been acquitted, she has a better chance of a self-defense case being stronger in the state of Wisconsin because of what happened with Kyle Rittenhouse. Right? I believe a person who shoots their their human trafficker and tries to get away deserves a second chance in life. So, but I, I don't have a real say in the matter, but my higher mind says justice would be done if that child was released on appeal. So. <clears throat> the other case that is not getting as much attention that should, is Ghislaine Maxwell. Ghislaine Maxwell is getting a cartoon and no coverage on anything but Twitter. None of the networks are rushing up against it. Nothing, 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 nothing. So that is very curious to me. Ghislaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein's right-hand woman, totally guilty of apparent sex molestation of minors, you know, not getting anything in the press hardly. So that is super conspicuous. And I I would challenge the ask, why is this getting no coverage? Where is Nancy Grace? We had weeks of, what was her name? Gabby? Uh, The the blogger that died at the hands of... Nobody knows. The blogger that died in in, in Yosemite Park. You know, and of course, there are other women who die in Yosemite Park who are indigenous women. You know, I'll I'll say my two cents for Indigenous Women's Month, but these are missing and murdered indigenous women whom were loved and cherished and valued. But uh, it goes on all the time. And, <laughs> you know, they don't get Gabby Petito treatment by the press. So, you know, I'll just ask the investigative question. Where is Nancy Grace on Ghislaine Maxwell? And where is Nancy Grace on Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women? If you have an answer, get back to me. All right. It's been 31 minutes. Um, I think you've had enough. Sanction Citizen podcast. Uh, subscribe. There's ways to do it. Just check on the site. And uh, I look forward to talking to you again very soon.